Hello, everyone. I am Alistair. And I am Jacob. And today we will be exploring Whiplash and the Horrors of Obsession in this episode of the Cinema Channel. Yes. Okay. Yes, that's right. Let's get right into it then. All, All right. right. So, should we just start talking about, oh, Mr. Andrew, you know, a little bit, uh, a little bit obsessed with what he did, which is kind of the whole topic. <laughs> yeah, well, let's start with the beginning of the movie first. Yeah. So, uh, what, I, what I really, what I really like in the beginning of the movie is, I mean, I just like the beginning. If you haven't seen the movie, then that's tough. Listening to this, you're probably gonna get spoiled. But in the beginning, he's like drumming oh, in mean... the practice room. Oh, never mind, you know what never I'm mind. saying? Okay. He's, drum- he's drumming in the practice room, and it's sort of like the beginning of his obsession to be the greatest. I wouldn't say so it's, it's the beginning. Well, it is the beginning. It's it's like the second that Fletcher comes into his life. And but I mean, he strives to be greater than he already was. Isn't that why he's in? the university in the first place yeah but um him getting accepted in the studio band is really it's really one of the things that makes him go into oh yeah no he, he was definitely driven into insanity i think when uh what is it when fletcher came into his life yeah that's of, true but yeah. Well, maybe maybe let's get to the insanity part when like the end of the movie. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what well, what did you like about the beginning? Well, the beginning just kind of I don't know. It's just kind of a preview of what you're about to see throughout the whole movie. I think. So like, just him uh, practicing in the drum room. And then Fletcher comes in, and you can kind of see that from, like, the way they interact with each other. It's just kind of, I don't know, off. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of this theory that I saw somewhere, someplace. Ugh. Anyway, so the theory was, like, uh, Andrew starts in the beginning wearing, like, a white shirt, and then at the very end, he's wearing a black shirt when he falls into that like insane obsession but it's like this transition from white getting slowly darker throughout the film to black i think represents his descent into darkness and fletcher has always been wearing black so he's already he's like he's a bad dude i mean that's kind of far-fetched but well i mean i don't really think whiplash gets to its climax yet until I think around midway through the movie, once we've seen how he interacts with Fletcher after only like, what, a week of playing with him? And... Yeah. Because once he finds out like he's not going to be the lead drummer or something, he starts getting like really pissed off about everything. Yeah. I think that also kind of conveys the message that, like, life isn't really fair. And that, like, it's rigged. Because Fletcher gets that final say in anything. Yeah, I think exactly. that really 
really gets set into play, especially after the car accident, which is a great example of his obsession, getting into the car accident and still Wanting running to, to yeah. the thing. And then yeah. he ruins it for himself, which is actually quite tragic, but... <laughs> well, I mean, anyway. I feel like uh, Fletcher is just like... Like, he doesn't hear reason. He's just, you're here or you're not. So, yeah. I feel like he... So then Andrew always tries to strive up to that, which is impossible. Because you can't always be there at the right time. Because, you know... Like, for example, he had a car accident. And he couldn't play. Because he was, like, all numbed. Right? Well, yeah, which... Like, I suppose that plays into the fact that... Uh... Like, Fletcher, Fletcher's expectations are just completely unmeetable. Yeah, exactly. Throughout throughout the entire movie. And I would say until, well, like, the, the end. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Because. Because. The uh, drum solo. But it's kind of arguable about, like, if Fletcher was the bad guy or the good guy throughout the movie. Because, I mean, on one hand, he was, like, always a hard-ass on, uh on him but then you could also argue that he was being hard ass so he can be his greatest which you see in the end yeah. where well that's that's the point that's the point that fletcher makes himself like yeah. he he goes to say that you know he was he just he's so hard because he wants his students to be the greatest but it does cause him mental distress because um well, especially that Casey Kid killed himself. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. You like know? the the guy killed himself. <laughs> yeah, and it, Fletcher's actually like a professional um, manipulator because of you know I mean he tells all of his students that the student he had killed he, no the student he had got into a car accident rather than telling them that he killed himself from the mental distress and de- depression that. Apologies, depression that Fletcher caused him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he just said that so he can, like, so his students didn't, like, you know, rat him out or something. I don't know. Yeah, I guess that could be argued too. Um, and then I, I, I think another example of manipulation is the folder, the folder being taken. Hmm. Which, it could have been Fletcher, but it also it also could have oh, been... Oh, yeah, that... that Tanner. That, that's been screwing with me ever since I've seen the movie. Like, who took... Who took the folder? Because... It wasn't yeah. Fletcher, because he was in the other room. And he was preparing everyone for the... For the solo. It really... It really could have been. But... I mean, I don't... I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But I mean, uh, th- I mean, if you were like actually like in the movie though, you would be able to say, because I mean, Fletcher seemed like he was preparing his students, so I don't think it could have been him, and I don't think it was the kid who took the folder either, because he wouldn't put himself into that much distress just so he can get yelled at by Fletcher. Well, there's there's the there's a theory. The theory that I really like is the one that Tanner took it, but I, and it's actually really possible. It's because he was suffering so much from the mental distress that Fletcher caused him yeah. that he took the folder himself, so that he wouldn't have to play the part 
in hopes that he would get kicked out of the band. Oh, but, the... Oh, okay, yeah. That's just a theory, and there's... But I think the Fletcher one makes sense, too, because if Fletcher wanted Andrew to play in, in the, the thing instead to show his, like, full potential as a drummer, instead of just being, you know, this the guy who flips the pages. Yeah. I well, think that could have been a play to just to get Andrew out there. I think by the time that scene actually happened though, he or Andrew was it was he already declared like uh like he was gonna be the lead drummer or was that after? It was after. Yeah. Okay. So then And then like the day after that uh Connolly, the red the redhead from the beginning mm-hmm. in Nassau. Yeah. Um, it, it, I, that was definitely that was I mean that was proven to be Fletcher's like plan of manipulation he, he was just doing that to make Andrew angry and he says that in, when they meet in uh, the bar where oh, yeah. Fletcher's playing piano mm-hmm. which I also think is more manipulation because yeah, he's Fletcher to, he's knows that it was Neiman the whole time Yeah. well that too and Fletcher Fletcher invited him to the JVC just so that he could embarrass him by not giving him the charts to upswinging. But then he kind of proved himself at the end and he realized that he was like his own artist. Actually wait, who was who was the artist they were he was comparing him to the whole time? Uh, uh was it Eugene O'Neill? Eugene O'Neill? Yeah. Wait, who is Eugene O'Neill? Um, no, that sounds so, oddly familiar. Yeah, it's because, uh, it's because Fletcher says it when he's like calling him, like you know when he's like swearing at him, and he's like, oh yeah, okay, so yeah. he's like once he found well, out he, he was in Eugene O'Neill, so well yeah, but that was he's just like making fun of him, the, like no, the mental no, no. abuse because he's talking about his dad. No, but... His dad wasn't Eugene O'Neill, and that's why his mom left him. No, okay, wait, no. no there, was a, there was an artist they were comparing him to. Wait. Charlie Parker? I think so. I mean, he's a... Uh, trumpet or saxophone? I actually don't know. I think it's trumpet, though. Let me look that up. It, I think, actually, I, I think it's definitely trumpet saxophonist okay that's all right so charlie parker was a saxophonist but that was um that's what they were saying when the it was repeated that charlie parker was nobody till joe jones threw a symbol at his head yeah 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 that's That's repeated several times that's what that's what i was gonna say so throughout the movie you can from like the first time they talk about him and he's like you know you know how he got like to be the best because his teacher like threw something at his head and he wanted to become the best as me. Um, I think Fletcher the whole time was trying to imitate what happened to what's his name again? Uh, Charlie Parker. Charlie Parker. He's trying to imitate what happened to Charlie Parker to Andrew to try to see if he can become the next Charlie Parker. Yeah. And I feel like that's just 
fairly obvious throughout the movie if you just like watch it a few times. Yeah, so I, I, I could see that. I mean, him just going for that. I think that's his main thing. But I think Fletcher is just a little bit like mentally unstable in a way. Not yeah. as in like he's insane, but as in he is just, just kind of diabolical. Okay. <laughs> you know. Diabolical. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay, you're the one who brought okay, it up. Okay, we should, we should, I, well, diabolical is just a word. Yeah, but you know what you were referencing. I, I actually wasn't, well, I, I totally was thinking about it. You caught me red-handed. We should review The Boys some other time, though. Even though technically it's not a cinematic work. It's a TV show. But it's still good. I mean, I'm pretty sure. Um, pretty sure people would agree with it. Anyway, back to Whiplash. Yeah. <laughs> the second time we've got an off-topic with a different TV show, which is kind of funny. Um, but like, he's a bad guy because when after Andrew rats him out, just kind of, I don't know. It, it makes the the viewer not like Andrew as much. And I don't really know how. I just kind of resented Andrew after he did that. Because no one likes a snitch. <laughs> yeah. But still, Fletcher's like a really bad guy. Because he puts all these young people through such mental abuse. And physical abuse. Or potential physical abuse. You know, because the chair was thrown. Yeah. And he just barely dodged that, so... I mean, Who knows? Andrew Andrew has that uh, that cat-like reflex speed. Okay. <laughs> it was agile. But yeah. Well, I guess you do have to be agile to play drums. Especially like that. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about it. Look, you look at his hands. They're like all over the place. Dun, 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 dun. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I actually, I do feel like what makes Whiplash so popular and iconic is the ending. Oh, yeah. I also, I think that they chose, like, the best kind of music for Whiplash. It was just the best genre of music, because I feel like if they did any other industry, it wouldn't be the same. Like, if they made it, like, rap? I mean, yeah. Definitely rap. I mean, there's 8 Mile, which is similar. There's no obsessed artist, though. I mean, Rabbit or Eminem in the film, um, he's kind of obsessed a little bit. Well, yeah, well, I want to say obsessed. Well, also another film. I want to say obsessed, but just in love with what he does. Driven. Yeah, driven. I don't... Um, I want to compare it to what Andrew is, though. Well, I think I think the thing about jazz is that it's such like a... I don't know. I think it's really a, a, an emotional style of music. You know? Yeah. Well, I, I really like jazz, actually. As of recent. Especially because of Whiplash. I think I've only, like... Uh, it's just the two of us. Uh, smooth jazz. If it is, then... <laughs> I guess it's sort of. 
Well, I, I, I don't. It's like it's jazzy, but Why I'm actually looking that up right now. Just the two of us genre. Jazz, soul. Yeah, I think I would say it's more soul. Yeah. R&B. But I mean, the saxophone. Okay, wait, why are we getting off topic again? I don't know. (laughs) Like I said, jazz is like a kind of an enchanting genre of music. You know what I'm saying? I'm actually about to listen to Whiplash. You have fun with that. Just make sure we, you can still hear me. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing it, Fletcher. Okay. I, I just anyway. Feel like, okay, yeah. What? Well, so we were talking about how jazz affects the film. I guess it's not really much about jazz, though. No, it's just more about... Because I feel like if and- Andrew could have done really anything with what his talent. Yeah. But I, think, I mean, that's kind of what it is, the talent. Well, there's definitely a prejudice between, like, a professional jazz band and, say, a rock band. Because yeah. there's... The last time I watched it, I noticed this little detail, and it, it had to do... With like, I don't know. If you don't do this right, you can just end up playing in a rock band. And it's like that doesn't sound bad to most most people, but I guess if you're a committed jazz drummer, then you would not want to end up in a rock band with all that talent. I actually I think mean, that's pretty relevant. Yeah. Besides being such a small detail, I think I think rock and jazz definitely have a different different kind of meaning to both you know that that doesn't make much sense but you get what i'm saying yeah and they have a distinctly different kind of drumming yeah jazz is far more difficult in fact it's like one of the most difficult i guess heavy metal is really really hard too i didn't really know that acd i heard it from a friend though Okay, well, ACDC has the same drums every time. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, ACDC has, um, I'd say a lot less harder drums. Or it's a lot less harder to play the drums in that band. And I'd say that's definitely one of the most prominent rock bands. So I'm just using that as my example. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. So compared, so, I, I, so compared to jazz, it's definitely a step up. Yeah, and I think I think that also that shows like how prestigious the school is that he's going to. The Schaefer Conservatory isn't real, but it is based off of Juilliard, the number one school in the country, music school. I feel like we just keep talking about. Like, just Andrew, or not Andrew, uh, Fletcher, when you should be talking about the main character, Andrew. So, Andrew, for one, yeah, shows, I think, 
He's just an overall hostile person, if you look at it. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say he's hostile. I think he is, like, very committed. He is very driven to get what he wants. Like, he wants to accomplish something that is really hard to do. He wants to be one of the greats, one of the greatest musicians of his time. But I don't, and I don't really think he, he won't let anybody get in his way. Yeah. Like, I was just going to say, I think he, he tries to achieve, uh, you know, being respected by many before, like, actually becoming the greats. Because if you look at, like, um, what is it? When his relationship ends, or not ends, begins, he always talks, he always talked about, like, how, what was it, music affected him? Well, I mean, are you talking about in the pizza restaurant? Yeah. When they're like, it's like their first date. Yeah. Talking. He does sound a bit cocky there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) I kind of felt bad for the other party. Yeah. I don't know her name. I felt bad for the girl, like, throughout the whole movie. Because she kind of He just kept talking about himself in in that date. And I was like, okay. And And then he just broke off. Which is really, which is really an effect of that, like a, a negative effect of that obsession, because he he ruined like uh, what could have been a good relationship. I mean, it probably wouldn't have been, but you know, there's always room for improvement. I mean, there is. Um, I think the director has said that Andrew had uh what was it asperger's like the autism yeah you just pronounced it in kind of a funny way did i (laughs) i just say asperger's no asperger's Asperger's. p emphasize the stop (laughs) saying that i I said it like you said asperger's (laughs) yeah but you said like burgers and it sounded different that's just how I pronounce my P's. Does he really have it? Is that like a confirmed thing? I mean, he shows a lot of the symptoms. I guess that's true. Like the symptoms are... Young people with Asperger's syndrome have a difficult time relating to others socially, and their behavior and thinking patterns can be rigid and repetitive. So I guess, I guess that kind of does go along with how he functions, because he's, he's really socially awkward. Also, the uh, the lack of what was it eye contact, which that's, that's he kind of which he kind of says that he has in the beginning of the movie. How he, what was it? The girlfriend, it's like the girlfriend said that she couldn't look people in the eye, and she says, "Yeah, I've had it." I've had trouble with that, or something like that. Yeah, it is something along those lines. Just, what's, what's important is that he doesn't, he has trouble making eye contact. I guess that does go, go along with that. So, it would make sense for him to have such mental illness. You know, 
Also, that one. Uh, what was it? It's your shop, the whiplash. Dinner scene, right? The whiplash. Oh, the whiplash dinner scene? Yeah. That is actually one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. Just just because of how Andrew kind of lashes back at the people who make fun of him. Yeah, exactly. For doing such a prestigious thing. Well, I, I just think it's... Well, no, it wasn't It wasn't he was making fun of them. Or well, they he was just were kind of ignoring him. him. Yeah, he was. they were ignoring him. And then he comes out with, like, being cocky again. Where he's like, uh, it's it's not even Division Three, it's Division Two. And he's like, well, I'm going to one of the best schools in the country, or best music schools in the country. And he's like, what are you doing? Here, I have to, I have to yeah. look at the exact scene, but I know there was something along this line. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Um, but um, I also, I also think he says something that really relates with his obsession there because he says um after that when they ask him if he would if he would like to end up uh overdosing on drugs in broke dead at 34 like yeah. charlie parker and oh. he said he'd rather do that than grow to be rich and well not grow grow but like age to be 90 and rich and have no one to talk about him. Which is kind of an interesting concept, but it really, really sets his goal, goals in concrete. It really lets us know. Wait a minute. Oh, okay, no, I see what he says now. So, basically, the whole dinner scene, everyone, everyone is ignoring him and paying attention to the football kid right and yeah and then Just keep on talking about him the dad of the football kid starts talking starts talking about like uh what you were saying like would you rather die at uh 34 well actually that's his dad mm-hmm. andrew's dad because um well he references the you know the repetitive quote Charlie Parker was nothing until Joe Jones threw a symbol at his head. Oh, wait, 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 and wait, his wait. dad his dad counters saying, Would you Well Charlie Parker ended up dead at 34, overdosed and broke. No, I got it wrong. So I know so I know why I brought the scene up in the first place. It's because we were talking about like uh how Andrew want, wants to be respected. In the family dinner scene, um he's talking about like how he's how he's going to the number one school in the country. And uh, he's talking to the football kid's dad. He's like, oh, that's nice. But, and then he talks about how the kid, like, scored a 93-yard touchdown. And then he feels like, I think his ego was, like, shattered after or something. Because then he was like, it's not even Division three or something. Yeah. I can kind of, I can kind of relate to that too, and it's, it's a pretty selfish thing to say, but it, it's definitely like a human response. Well, yeah. You know, trying to shoot someone else down because you don't think that you're being paid enough attention to. That also kind of refers back to the other message of the story that life isn't fair, because, you know, 
I, I think that that is a very repeated um, subject in the movie. It's not as noticeable as Horrors of Obsession, but it's definitely there. Oh, okay. I, yeah. I, also, it was, so, you know when he's talking back to his dad about, uh, about, like, dying at 34 overdose? He was saying, yeah. he was saying he would rather, uh, sit with, like, a different family or something. Hold on. Full of her and at age of 30, he's not exactly right. I'd rather die drunk broke at 34 and have people at dinner table talk about me than live to be rich and sober at 90 and nobody remember who I was so I think that kind of that kind of really sums up his um that kind of really sums up his attitude toward what he does yeah his goals because he he wants to be remembered I think yeah like he wants to be the greatest, but is it is it so bad to be want to be wanting to be like one of the greatest? I don't think so. It's not bad, but the way he tries to like show off, the, like it, you know, what he does is just yeah. His his obsession is what is hurting him. Yeah, it's not the fact that he wants to be good; it's the fact that he will do anything that it takes to be the best Even and it doesn't matter if it hurts him doesn't matter if it hurts everybody else he knows he needs to be the best yeah and that's that's the harm that's in it I mean what else is there to say <laughs> um I guess we could talk about the ending yeah because it is definitely the biggest subject I just feel like anyway. That's what everyone talks about. So yeah, let's talk about that. Well, the ending is great because, well, I mean, it kind of takes a dip for the worst when he doesn't get the charts from Fletcher. Yeah, like and Fletcher yeah. was trying to like ruin his career, something like that. Yeah, I actually, I actually think that begins the suspense of the scene. Because, you know, it's like, oh, like, oh, shoot, this is his moment, and he's failing hard. Yeah. It's not going well for the main character that we want to be great so bad. But then what happens is he takes matters into his own hands, finally stepping out of the clutches of Fletcher, which I think is a fairly, like, monumental part in the movie. Yeah, I feel like, I also feel like the look in Fletcher's eyes once he finds out, or not finds out, but like, once he sees him acting on his own, it kind of shows like the teacher and student, uh, I don't know, relatability, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, uh, well, I think it's, I think it's kind of how the, um... You know, the student becomes a master. Something along those lines. It's like a saying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But, like, he... He asks him, like, what he's doing. But then, when he says, I'll cue you in, 
that shows that like Andrew is the conductor now. He is the one running the show. It's not Fletcher anymore. He does what he wants. He doesn't need Fletcher. And I think that's actually it's like what Fletcher wanted, sort of. Yeah, he wanted to get to this point. Yeah, he wanted him to become his own, his own man. He wanted to be the. He wanted him to be the best, much like his other student, Casey. That one. So that really brings us back to the question: If he did this all for him to be the best, well, I think he did. Yeah. It was just in a really destructive way. He has a really destructive idea of getting that to happen. Yes. Yeah. I feel like it really oh. just tested him to see, well, is he, like, weak or not? Because, mm-hmm. like Casey, he was, I think he felt, like, uh, responsible well, he had to feel responsible because it was his fault. But <laughs> yeah, and so I, I like that he. So I like it's clear that we both like how he just goes into that, takes matters in his own hands, and begins caravan. Yeah, and the I kind of like the the chaotic nature of caravan too. Just as a song, the caravan. Yeah, and it kind of goes goes along with like what's probably going on in Andrew's head right now. <laughs> I mean, if I were him in that position, mm, I wouldn't be able to think straight. No, I, I definitely wouldn't have been able to drum like that. But, well, I mean, if you were Andrew, you know. then you probably would have drummed. Like I mean, yeah. I mean, if I was a good drummer, <laughs> yeah, and I was that obsessed. Anyway, but the it's a solo that at the end that is really like amazing because he even like even though Fletcher resents him for getting him kicked out of Schaefer, he helps him throughout the whole thing. Uh, the snare lift off um, when he slows down and comes back up on the snare. You know what yeah. I'm saying? He guided him through that. And also, when his symbol fell over, he picked that up, and he's 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 going along with he was what Andrew's doing and helping him. Yeah. Uh, we also just talk about how how uh, funny Andrew's face looked when he was drumming. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess it was pretty funny actually. That, that was great. <laughs> I'm, I'm just watching this scene right now, and, and his face is going like... Uh, yeah. It looks like he's screaming really loudly. No, it's uh... He's, he's also sweating profusely in that scene. It's this. Wait, you just sent a picture. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess his face is like a mixture of... I, I guess joy... And he's like getting this far without getting interrupted. Joy, anger. Well, it's not that he's necessarily not getting interrupted. I think it's that he's finally proving himself. Yeah. He's finally proving to everyone that he's the greatest. Or he is one of the greats. 
but it, it is really interesting, and Miles Teller does a great job conveying the emotions in that scene. I feel like Miles Teller is definitely one of the most unrated, underrated actors in yeah, like popular especially, movies. Cinema. Yeah, especially after Fantastic Four. Oh. <laughs> are we, anyway, are we, but, yeah, we just don't we just don't talk about Fantastic Four. Yeah. Um. But like, for but, example, uh, War Dogs is really. I've never seen War Dogs. Actually. You've never seen War Dogs. Wait. No. Um, I'll watch it. And then uh, Top Gun. Top Gun Maverick. I was great recognition for him. But loose. Because he did a great job in that too. Goose is a phenomenal character. And Project X. And Rooster. Technically, he's Rooster, but I still just called him Goose. Goose. Okay. (laughs) Just stop talking. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Apparently, he was in The Godfather in 1972. (laughs) Um, I don't think that's true. I actually do not believe that in the slightest little bit. I can I can show you right now. It says he's in the I'm, cast. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it. Look at the cast list for The Godfather. I actually wonder. There is no way he was in in here. Miles Teller. I don't see him in here. Here. You're like. No, I swear I'm not lying. Hold on. Look. Look at my screen. Look, the Godfather? Yeah, the Godfather? Miles Teller. Miles Teller. <laughs> what? <laughs> no way. Was Miles Teller in the Godfather? Uh, I think it was just like, uh, I think it was a mistake, but. I think it is. Because I don't think he was born. <laughs> well, let's see. How old is Miles Teller? Yeah, he's 35. Um, and the movie was made in 1975. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think uh, I don't think the math adds up. <laughs> oh, okay. So, this is what it was. The Paramount Plus miniseries The Offer. I think it's about the production of The Godfather and he played the producer um, of The Godfather in The Offer. Now that that's been debunked, back to Whiplash once again. (laughs) Anyway, the the solo. Solo is very intense, very intense moment in the show. Wait, sorry, what is? The the solo. Oh, yeah, the solo. Drum solo. I mean, I didn't talk at all both times I've seen that, that part. I said no words. Like, it's just kind of astonishing. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. See, I'm astonishing. using your big words. Just because I have a better vocabulary than you doesn't, mean, just you, doesn't <laughs> mean you need to make fun of me. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, but the the way it the way like it ends, like the very end, where it cuts off after the song ends is very misleading i think because if you watch it for the first time most people just think it is it's like a happy ending 
He finally impressed Fletcher. He finally lived up to the expectations that were supposed to be impossible to live up to. And he he finally became one of the greats. Exactly. But the problem, like the problem is the hidden bad ending is the fact that yes, he became one of the greats. Yes, he accomplished everything that he wanted to. But he's probably going to end up dead. Like soon he's probably going to give into the darknesses of obsession like entirely more than he already has and end up dead at 34 overdosed on drugs I don't know <laughs> unless you don't they, know are you sure I mean that's how Miles Teller described it is it mm-hmm that was like an interview by uh you know like one of those interviews wired I think it was Um, yeah, I, I don't I actually don't know if it was by Wired, but it might have been. Anyway, it was an interview, and that's what Miles Miles Teller said. And it actually makes a lot of sense. I mean, also considering that he's the actor, but it is actually really inconclusive. Uh, I thought that was a great aspect to the movie because ending endings like that that don't always ha- that don't have like the most of defined conclusion but still are what is like really impactful that way they can really just make great ways yeah so yeah what, what did you interpret from the ending I just kind of felt like uh, I mean kind of throughout the whole film right just like most films you you see the main character trying to rise above whatever challenge he has pitted against him the challenge being Fletcher what do you what do you think what do you think about the ending like what happened to Andrew after that do you, do you think well if I'm going optimistic he lived out his years knowing that he became the best drummer to have ever lived but if we go realistic I would probably say what you said about how he died at an early age due to his obsession with what he's done yeah and I think that I think that would make the most sense considering the self-destruction that he's already caused on himself throughout the whole movie. Yeah. And it's only been in the course of like a year or something. I don't know how how chronologically long Whiplash is. But and I mean he's uh I mean how old is he in the movie? I think he's like 20, right? Uh he's like 21. yeah, 20. Uh and I might just look that up right now. Because nineteen. Nineteen? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's pretty well, young. I mean oh well he is a first year. So yeah. that would make sense. Honestly, I got nothing else to say. <laughs> <laughs> of course we can come up with more to say. Come on. Anyway. What am 
I say? Literally nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we could talk about some of like some interesting facts about Whiplash because I know a few. Like the fact that Miles Teller did the majority of drumming for the the movie, which I think is insane. Well, yeah, now he has a newfound talent. I mean, yeah. Well, he already had drumming experience before. Has he? Yeah. So oh. I, I thought it was a it was a great selection by whoever was doing casting. Well, was I mean, also I, like, I'm assuming you had to know how to drum at least a little bit if to get the role, right? Like for your audition. Yeah, but there's like stunt doubles too. I, they they did do a good job of representing. Like, how the instruments were played. Like, everybody was playing the instruments for the most part. Yeah. Uh, I did watch a video on it, and it was... Um, the guy said that the people with speaking roles weren't really playing their instruments at the time. They were just, like, the, holding the exa- Well, the example was the guy on the double bass in the final... Or in upswinging, you know, when they, where they're doing upswinging, and then yeah, the guy on the double bass, like, is, gets mad at Andrew because he's just trying his hardest yeah. to stay in time. Like, what are you that doing? That was kind of funny. Yeah. But, yeah, it was, he wasn't really playing. But everybody else was, which I thought was really cool. So, that was a good... That was a, it's just a nice little detail. Yeah, so let's, let's just I think we should end this off with the conclusion yeah. just about the movie itself so overall what would you, you give the movie oh okay me like, uh, yeah you okay. I started it you ended so overall my conclusion about the movie for one it's a great telling of how um, you know teacher teacher and student relationships even if they might be toxic like this one they find a middle ground and yeah. find out that what he's been doing for him the whole time him being Andrew and he being Fletcher <laughs> so overall I would give um, Whiplash and 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10? Alright. I feel like uh, the only reason why it's not higher, though... I just felt like it could have gone on for longer. It, there was... There was just unnecessary time skips a little bit. That could have yeah, just been I me, though. So. Um... Yeah, so... my My conclusion is that... It was, it was, like, beautifully told. The storytelling was great. Yeah. Uh, the uh, cinematic shots. I don't know. The shots were good. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, were, they were good. Especially the beginning. I really like the beginning when you, when you get, it goes, when it goes into town, like, walks to the movie theater. That was one of my favorite, one of my favorite shots. With the music playing. Uh, 
But anyway, I just really liked it. I liked the ending, how it just it was up to the viewer's interpretation. I think that's very underappreciated sometimes. And the characters were really well written. What? I think... uh, I actually think the director... The movie's based off the director. Very, very loosely. Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah. Like, because he he was in a music school, right? And... Yeah. Like a a hard-ass for a teacher. Something like that. I don't know too much about that subject. But anyway, it just, I, I thought the ending was great, contrary to what you thought. I think it ended no, at I just thought, the right moment. Like I thought, I, no, I thought the the ending was great. I was just saying how in the middle of the movie, the oh, there was like a time skip that was just unnecessary. What was the time skip? I forgot, but it was. I think before, like between. After he got in the car accident or something? Yeah, after he got into the car accident. There was... uh, I feel like... Oh, no, 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 no. It was... The... The time skip to where he's now, like, a year later after, after he got into the interview. I feel like if the movie was a little longer, they, they could have, uh... I don't know, just adding an extra plot point. I guess, yeah, I guess they could have elaborated more on that point. So that's true. Yeah. Well, I, I really, really liked Whiplash, and I'm no, quite I, a big fan of I love music yeah. in and of itself. So I think I'm going to have to give it a 9 out of 10. Okay. All right. Well, I suppose with that, we're going to end this episode here. So... If you did listen, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed. There will be more episodes to come. Yeah. Every Saturday. Okay. That's maybe. (laughs) Not guaranteed. Okay. Guaranteed. Farewell. Good evening. Or good night. Uh, Something. Are you joining the the Truman Show? (laughs) The Truman Show? Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen that in such a long time. Good morning, good evening, and that's no wait. If I don't see you again, good morning, good evening, good night. We should start saying that. That's that's actually one of my favorite quotes. I haven't seen the Truman Show in a few years. Okay, we should say that right now. Alright, then. Do we need to do it at the same time? Oh. Uh, wait, I just need to search up or- the exact quote. Human show. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> This first episode is very clunky, but that's okay. Oh yeah, here it is. If I don't see you again, good morning, good evening, good night. Okay, so wait, so what if we synchronize it like this? Like, I say the first part and then you say the last part. So I say good morning and in case I don't see you, and then you go on. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, All right, yeah. you ready? I you, I you. Good morning, and in case I don't see you. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.